Welcome to the Double Shot, episode one. Woo! I am Ray Briglib, and I'm here with Candace. Hi, Candace. Hi, Ray. How you doing this week? Uh, fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Um. Yeah, how are you, Ray? Oh, good, How are you thanks. doing this week? I'm good this week. Such, I'm good. A, such a lie. <laughs> really? It's <laughs> only Monday. Uh, uh. Monday is just Monday is for dread. Yeah, Tuesday. I think it's been a pretty good Monday though. So it's far, been, it's, it's, it's been, been good. It's beautiful out. It could get worse. Um. So, Candace, you just uh, you just gave. This is what I want to talk about this week. You just gave okay. a talk at the WooCommerce Developers Conference 2017, or yeah. WooConf. Yeah. For short, it just rolls off the tongue. Sure does. WooConf. Um, why don't you tell me how that came about? Give, me, give us a little background. Um, how far do you want to go back? Like, if if I said to you, where am I right now? And the answer could be, like, Portland, the United States, planet Earth, or, you know, what galaxy. When you ask me, how did it come about? Do you want me to give you the Portland version? <laughs> or again, uh, the Just Earth? go back to uh, maybe a brief recap of the past conferences that you've spoken at. And how that came about. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Ray, you, a few years ago, invited me to a developer conference. And I think I sort of... You're going to start with this. Great. So I think I... I don't remember my exact phrasing, but it was something like, I don't want to go to another conference where a bunch of guys tell me what to think about the internet. Which, you know, I'm not... I feel like I was just feeling frustrated then. And uh, you, I think, um, kind of called me on it. And I really appreciated that because you you said, well, then why don't you apply to talk? And I mentioned that I didn't think I was ready, that I needed more experience. And you suggested that if someone who's been running a studio for 10 years is an experience, then I probably can't complain Right. I can't complain about the fact that there aren't a lot of women speaking at these conferences if I'm not willing to be one of those people. And I think um, you were totally right. And so so I applied that day and, uh, and I spoke, right? Yeah. And uh, it was a great experience. Everyone at – I mean, the, the, the WooCommerce community to me is just incredibly – open and inviting from the people that that work at WooConf to the people that go to the presentations. They're just, I mean, I don't know. I've, I guess I've never spoken at any other conference, but to me, it's, it's like everyone's so interested in what you're saying and so excited to be there. And there's just this really great energy about it. I, it's a little addictive. I mean, I've spoken at all three now, and, you know, I don't often speak in right. front of groups, um, but it's, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, so that was 2014 or 2015, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the first one was in, I think it's been more than more than a year, like a year and a half between each one, maybe, or at least yeah. after that first one. So that was in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, the first, the first two times I gave, like, I think they're called lightning talks. So they were about 15 minutes each. Mm -hmm. And then this year was a keynote. So that was 
50 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a the a keynote. Yeah, that was uh, you were the second speaker. Yes. You were right after the um, the morning opener. So um, how did that uh, feel different? And um, what did you talk about? How did it feel different? Well, 50 minutes is is a long time. And, you know, when you're putting together a 15-minute talk, you really have to, to think about your topics and your words, right? And I wanted the 50-minute talk to feel as well put together as the 15-minute talk, even though I think sometimes when you're talking longer, it's easier to ramble or not spend you can actually spend less time getting ready for a long talk than you do for a short talk in a way Mm -hmm. and so I think my first goal was to have the attitude of giving three 15-minute talks in one period of time and and giving as much time and attention and care to that as I would to three 15-minute talks so I looked that up Mm -hmm. how long should you spend preparing for a, a one-hour talk. Right. And somewhere... Um, th- so there are two schools of thought. One is, if I'm speaking for two minutes, you know, it, it's going to take me months to get ready. If I'm speaking for 15, I need a couple weeks. If I'm speaking for an hour, I'm ready right now, right? Someone... I forget who said that. It was like this famous... It was like, basically, if I can just talk for an hour, you just do it. Mm-hmm. The other school of thought, which is the one that I think I moved to, was um, about 30 hours of research and and putting together the talk, and then uh, you should try for 30 test runs. Mm-hmm. So which one was you, the just go up on stage and talk <laughs> no. for an hour, or were you a little closer to the... I didn't quite... I think I, think I ended up practicing 20 times, not 30. I made myself a list. It was a countdown. And every time I did a full practice, I got to check it off and I didn't make it to 30. I, I just sort of, it showed up. I I went to sleep. I think you might've done the last 10 in the the 24 hours before the talk. Were there any last minute surprises uh, going into this talk? Last minute surprises. Hmm. <laughs> um, I see where you're leading yeah, me here. Okay, I'll talk to you about the 24 hours before um, before this event. So um, we we got to we got to Seattle in time t- for the practice run, which I was really excited about because for the last WooCom it was in Austin and our flight didn't get in in time to do the practice run, and I actually thought that that um, was a detriment to at least the way I felt on stage. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I hadn't seen where I was going to stand or anything like that. And so um, went to that. It's like the afternoon before the before. Right, the talk, yeah. yeah. Um, the afternoon. So this was, my talk was at 10 a.m. This was at 3.30. Mm-hmm. And um, when we went up, I, I remember asking for the speaker, like, okay, can you put on the speaker view now so I can get used to where my yeah, notes are? Yeah, I mean, are? typically you, you'd see what... <laughs> You know, your notes for the slide and what the next slide is going to be. Right. And so um, it turns out that that this setup, there were no speaker notes um, available. Right. And so um, that's something that 
I had not thought to ask about because at the last two conferences totally at the same good. organization, it's totally good that you didn't know that. Yeah, actually. Um, we had speaker notes possible. Right. So, um, and and I remember all I said to the person was, "But I'm talking for an hour." <laughs> it's just like, how do I memorize? Oh my god! And so, um, do you remember their reply to that statement? I don't. You're I like my sh- mind went blank. Right. That was the, was that like the last so thing I remembered. <laughs> and then I was on stage giving my talk. <laughs> um, no, I do remember, actually. They said that I could um, bring up notes or like an iPad and oh, look right. at it. Right. And I think I was like, but my stage presence, but I want to walk around, but I have to do all of I didn't you see know, other like, people doing that with their, had an iPad, but yeah. it, it was it was not the same. You had They, they would because have to stop and kind of flip through to see where they were, and then they kept talking. Well, not not only are you tied to the pedestal then, right. but also you're clicking and turning the iPad at the same time. So both of your hands are basically right, right like being used for this. And if if they get off or it's like I I sort of felt like at that moment I had to make a decision about how I was going to deal with these moments mm-hmm. in between. And um, and I'm going to admit to going back straight back to the hotel and like like having a moment of just sheer panic of like I can't do this. I don't know this right. without right. Some, just giving in. Because your... of course, my God, <laughs> like my note style like my uh slide style is very minimalist, right? I try really hard to not have more than six words. Right. Uh and a lot of times it's just a photo. So I spoke for 50 minutes and I had 151 slides. And the, a lot of them were big Just photos. photos. Just no words at all. Yeah. yeah. And so... You kind of... I think... <laughs> you and Melissa kind of made it like as hard as possible. Right. So Melissa did all the illustrations. I mean, yeah. So that was... Um, I think that was something that... Uh, in, in retrospect, I, I would always think to ask because I just didn't practice without the notes. But um, luckily, because I had practiced it about 20 times, mm-hmm. um, I think what I realized right away is when I tried the run through without notes that I probably knew 80 to 85% of it and didn't realize it, didn't realize that I had it memorized, right? And so I basically, there were five or six sequences of images or illustrations that I just had to sit down and look at and memorize. This comes after this, this comes after this. And, and I think once I tried it, figured out the ones that I didn't know. And then just, I mean, we went to, right. We went to the speaker dinner. I think I might've Uh stayed a half hour. Uh I had half of a drink and then just went straight back to memorizing. Like it's like, there's no time for you. You were gracious and gave me your drink tickets. I basically (laughs) had all the drinks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So memorizing those sequences. And then at some point at the end of like, it wasn't that late, probably nine 30 or 10. I just told myself like, go to sleep, get a good night's sleep, and hopefully you'll wake up and you'll know it. Like, hopefully your brain will right. bring some of that in. You said your brain was awoken at 2.30 in the morning by a, a fire alarm in the building. Right. So what we spent like an hour outside uh, in the cold and yeah. the rain. And then, you know, we're back to our room by 4, and there was just no going back to sleep. Yeah. 
And so I think the one thing that, that helped, which was interesting to me because six months ago, I had never really worked out, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. I've snowboarded in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I've hiked, but I've never had any kind of routine. And so like six months ago, I started running on an elliptical. Mm-hmm. And, and what I found is if I have insomnia and I run in the morning or, you know, anything, I can make it through the day. My brain is just like kind of going. So um, I think it was like five or six in the morning. I took my iPad. I went and I to the workout and I, I just did the whole talk without notes in my mind while working out. And I mean, it just went really well. I, I re- remembered it all. I was so excited and so jazzed about it that I think that that gave me this confidence to go up there. I mean, of course I'm running and, you know, no one's actually watching me or can hear me, so it's mm-hmm. fine. But um, I think that more that was the turning point for me where it's like, I and, didn't do And this. the talk went great. Um, what did you, I mean, summarize what you, what you talked about. Well, we took this as an opportunity, this invitation. Um, the invitation was to talk about custom web design. So that's pretty open-ended. Um, I took this as an opportunity to really look at our studio and say, what do we do and how do we do it? Right? Like, what is it that sets our work apart? And I ended up breaking it into three pieces and first talking about why customization matters. So um, the the goal of customization is obviously to help people sell. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went through a little bit of the psychology of that. Um, And then I talked a lot about our process, which is a little different than a traditional web design process or approach. Mm -hmm. It's... It's made for a little bit more open exploration. I mean, it's based on design thinking, mm-hmm. but uh, we've really kind of tweaked it for web design. Mm-hmm. And then I also talked quite a bit about the role of individuals on teams. And, you know, it's funny, when I was thinking about this talk, and I was thinking about this great opportunity to be on stage in front of a a group of people. What I really wanted, I mean, custom web design is something I care about. We do every day. But what I really wanted was to have the people in that audience think a little bit differently about themselves, the way they see themselves on projects, and also the way that they see themselves in relationship to their clients. Some of that's responsibility and some of that's freedom. So... I think that was what I was going for. And, you know, it was mostly developers watching. And I was invited to talk about design. And I didn't want to give a talk that was like a designer just going on to developers. And there's like no place Mm -hmm. for them to see themselves. And so I think the talk was a lot about how... I don't know. I I think developers are just this huge part of design, right? The interaction, the way things work. Sure, especially when you're building websites. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and to me, that's what's so interesting about the way Needmore goes about things is that so many of us work together, so many of us are part of the project. We have teams that are ourselves and our clients, 
and we listen to everyone. So there's not a lot of people that are that are trying to kind of pull rank or say, you know, I've made this many websites, so I know. We listen to kind of the new fresh ideas, and then we also give good feedback. Mm-hmm. And designers and developers are equally respected throughout the entire process. And, you know, th- that's a little bit different than I see on other projects. Do you, <laughs> did you, so uh, since this talk yeah. a week ago or, or whenever it was, have you gotten feedback? How do you feel like it went? Did you accomplish what you set out to accomplish with the talk? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had a, a few developers get a hold of me and, and tell me that, uh, or even, you know, writing posts about it, basically saying that uh, they had never really... It's not like they hadn't thought about their role in that way, but I don't think they'd ever felt empowered or had a designer say, your role is incredibly important, Mm -hmm. your insight and working together. You know, I think they started to realize that it, it matters, it all matters. Like, you know, the first talk that I gave, so it was like years ago, but Mm -hmm. um, it was about anthropology and web design. And it was really about how to quickly and easily get a sense of what your clients do and what their customers need. Mm -hmm. And I remember then a developer came up and said, I never considered that I needed to know those things, Mm -hmm. like that it would be important for me to know those things. You know, usually a designer is just handing me something and I'm just building it. And, you know, to think that I, I should understand the the product that I'm building a website about just had never, uh, you know, occurred to me. It had never been a part of my job. Mm-hmm. That's really striking to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Because developers are making these choices all the time, right? Like, how fast does this fade in? Or, or I don't know, just everything. Sure. Right? <laughs> a lot of the... They, they, Large and small decisions that go into a project enough so that a designer who isn't staying in communication while well, a developer might be doing their work might not recognize the project when it comes back to them, you know? Here's a question I have for you. Yeah. How, I mean, one of the things that I had to do to get ready for this talk was to sort of really try to look at what it is that we do and then. As I was going out and researching, I realized that there were some well-known processes out there that that we were doing, Mm -hmm. right? We've never called it design thinking. We've never actually given it a name. We've changed our, over the last 10 years, we've sort of come up with this process. Mm -hmm. And as I was trying to figure out how to talk about it, I realized, my God, there's something out there. It has a name, and it is the process we use. And to me, that was just striking that that we kind of organically found our way there. What was it like for you to hear me describe our studio in such concrete and technical terms? Like part of part of a part of what I wondered is, as other people in the studio, like, did I get it? Right. Did I, did you, were you like, yeah, that's our studio? Or were you like, I want to work there, whatever she's talking about? Well, (laughs) I guess I would say there's a little of both there because I I did, like, I think when you, 
I think there's um, you can't keep an audience's interest if you talk about every little exception to the rule or little wrench in the works that comes up. What you're kind of laying out is like, here's how it should be. Here's what we strive for. Here's how it mostly is even. But uh, a lot of what I took away from that was how hard it is to get 100% to a design thinking iterative kind of workflow. And, and part of it was, um, yeah, I guess I feel like I've never used that term that you use design thinking, but it reminded me a lot of something that we've kind of, I guess, dipped our toes in a lot over the years, which is kind of like in, in, in development terms, you'd call it agile. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, where you work in sprints. And to me, a sprint is this idealized week or two week period where you say, okay, we're going to do, we're going to pick this number of things to do. And we kind of go through a cycle of working on those things. And it reminds me a lot of design thinking and how we've worked with some clients more recently where we were able to kind of iterate like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about Agile that, I mean, I, I know I hear what you're talking about, and I even think some of what I was talking about made me think about that concept of pair programming mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. Um, where you put two developers together and mm-hmm. you're sort of working together. But I always think of it as we put a designer and developer together. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that has a term, pair. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't I've never... Uh... I mean, we draw from from so many of those disciplines. To I mean, put, frankly, to Candace, we're such a small team that that's kind of what we do anyway. Sure, but uh, we could make a couple choices, right? We could have a designer design and then hand off to a programmer, mm-hmm. or we could work together as a team iteratively. And I think we choose the as a team iteratively. We. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do that. Even though we're a it's small true. team, it's we true. don't have to do that. And I think one of the things that I really enjoy is that we always put up a staging server, right? right. So, we, so if if we have someone that's designing, one of the first things we do is we put up all of the plugins and we start playing around with it. And they're able to click around and say, okay, what happens when I put add to cart? Or what actually shows up on this page? What... What is the interaction? And then they start to see things like, oh, there's there's a notice that pops up, or these are right. the actual elements on a page. Yeah, things and you might not have anticipated. I think a lot of times, when in, in the thing that you talked about, there's kind of that circle of the process that is the design thinking. And when you think about Agile, but you could also think of it as people. Like It's like the, 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 the person who's the developer wearing the developer hat in a project mm-hmm has all of these inputs like oh here's some mock-ups here's these all this stuff but it's like for the designer to be able to refine it they need inputs the whole time too like they need to be able to see what the technology is going to work like and refine and iterate on their design thinking while they're working on a project too you know i don't know enough about agile to speak you know about how close Mm -hmm. this is but Mm -hmm. my kind of layperson's understanding of Agile is that there are pretty defined roles. Mm-hmm. There's like the scrum master. Is that the right? Yeah, it is. Is that? Yes. Okay. Is. Um, but 
I would love to talk to someone who has that as part of their process deeply because um, what I often think is that it's very uh, developer-focused. Let's see how many of these features we can bring in. Mm -hmm. But I don't know the process there for creative, mm -hmm. creative design. I don't know the process within that for for making sure that there's story. Like every time I've actually heard about... Um, Agile, it's been at the point where you already know what the features are. Like you have this feature list and you're jumping into what are we going to do next week, right? But I don't know a lot about the process of like, how do you figure out what those features are? How do you figure out what the story is? How are you, mm -hmm. you know, what is that process like? Because that's the part. I guess that's the part that I'm actually interested, well, deeply mean, interested in. Yeah, I would love to look to learn more about that too. I mean, the interesting thing about like Agile is kind of that they have, you know, that's where our idea of like having a morning check-in, like standing meeting, and they do encourage a lot more collaboration than those typical processes do. But I don't. We've heard other design studios kind of write about this too, or talk about this too, and I've never seen a a uh, unicorn process for you know designers and developers and everyone working together, actually working through things together. So I don't know. Um, I think we have a unicorn process. Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, I I do. I think that. Uh... Part of it's come from being a small studio for a decade. And so we've... Oh, hell, almost 15 years, Candace. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, so we've got to plan oh, our, our little so party. Older. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so we've, we've really pushed ourselves to say, how much can we do for our clients as this relatively small team, right? And so we've developed processes for getting to some answers quickly but also having a pretty deep understanding mm -hmm. yeah i i do um I, I do like the way that we work on projects and i think that our clients actually have fun oh i'm sure i'm sure our clients have fun do you know i was reading um oh what's his name the um, Al, Al Franken's book. Sure. By the way, Giant you, of the Senate. Have you watched Stranger Things? Uh, I've watched a, a few of the first season. One of the kids in the core group. Yeah. He looks so much like a, a young Al Franken. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I just like every time he smiles, could, I'm like, well, if there's ever <laughs> a Al Franken uh, retrospective movie, he could play yes. like the flashback kid. Yes. Okay. First <laughs> <Yeah>. of all. <laughs> Let's go with that. Okay. Um, but second, he talks about making calls, donation calls, mm -hmm. and how um, it's just, you spend like a day, it's boring, you've got someone who's there with you who's just telling you who to call and mm -hmm. dialing for you and getting, and how it's just this arduous process. And so he's made up all of these songs and like ways to have fun, basically like, hey, if this person's stuck with me for you know eight mm -hmm. hours making these calls, we might as well enjoy it. And uh, I'm not actually trying to liken web, web design to making donation calls. Uh -huh. But what I like about that is, is this idea that, like, if you're going to be doing work with someone, if you're going to be doing that, 
I mean, have fun. Enjoy the time you're spending with them and enjoy making something really incredible together. Mm-hmm. I can't say like a donation call is incredible. Well, who knows? I'm, I don't know that I've ever made one. I've done it door to door a little bit for, you know, when I was younger. Is that what you called it? <laughs> <laughs> Hopping trains. Yeah. Drumming up donations. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh. Um, cool. Well, that's, uh, I think that's a good, uh, a good first episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, do you think, do you think over the course of the next few weeks, we might delve into some of those concepts deeper? Sure. Like we just did this big overview, like we have a process. It's great. We're not going to tell you about it. Just exists. And Candace, you can, awesome. put, you can put whatever topics in the upcoming shows you want. Nice. Run this show. Well, I'm <laughs> probably going to want to, I'm probably going to want to chat about my damn iPhone 10 next week. So we'll see. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to chat about my watch. Watch. Talk to you about my watch. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, cool. well, that's it for us. Hey, Ray. It was we'll really nice week. to sit down and hey, hang out nice, with you. Hey, it was nice chatting with you. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>